So, while I can't say that this is factually true, I really can't find anything to refute it. No one gets married faster than a horny Christian couple. When you kind of think about it, it could be true. But the worst part about it is, imagine both of them are horny. Both of them haven't seen each other's parts because, you know, respect is a huge thing and people can't send each other nudes on Christian Snapchat. Then all of a sudden they take off each other's clothes and then he realizes that she was using a push-up bra and he has a tiny dick. Like, won't that be a very interesting sight to behold? And I'm not doing this to kind of make fun of Christian couples or to tell them to go and bang before or to see each other naked and shit. It's just that when you kind of think about it, marriage is almost like, I don't know, like a contractual obligation to be hitched to the person that you are with and not, uh, you know, screw around outside of the marriage. At least the Christian one is. And you kind of look at it, if you got married because you guys want to have sex, then it does kind of seem like a bit of a bummer once you realize that A, the person isn't that good in bed, or B, they aren't that good to look at when they're naked, in that, you know, probably somebody doesn't have the kind of tits you like, or, you know, they don't have the kind of dick size you like. And C, even though they could have any of those, you find that maybe they last, like, under a minute like they don't last as long as you regardless of gender and the minute they're done it's like they're done and they don't want to do anything else or worse still they're not even for contraception so you guys can only bang when you're trying to have a kid like that's some of the shit that will probably drive some people insane and well if you kind of think about it in some way much as it's not like christian families are the ones with the most infidelity you could say that such rules and regulations are the ones that have promoted or at least influenced a lot of these people to be very, you know, promiscuous. But that being said, uh, as someone who continuously stresses on sexual compatibility, this is something typical of me. And because this is not promoted, endorsed or allowed by the Christian religion, I can understand why some of y'all might look at me as a heathen. And I honestly don't give a shit. But anyways, what I do give a shit about is the podcast that I should have already started. So, in typical fashion... Welcome to Breaktime on Westside, your number one Breaktime podcast. Coming to you from Nairobi, Kenya. The man on the mic is a man who is clearly not in a Christian relationship. Otherwise, he'd have already planned for his marriage. He is a man whose sickness for the thickness still prevents him from skinny dipping. It is none other than your tall, dark, and mildly handsome man, Sir Denver B. The show is Tweet Street, the show where we take a deep dive into Twitter, pull up a couple of tweets, and break them down a little bit. Now, as usual, the drill is pretty simple. If you know it, then you can sing along with it, because at this point, it pretty much sounds like a song. And if you don't know it, then you can just listen in, because it's something that I like to repeat every single episode of Tweet Street. Just so that those of you who haven't listened to Tweet Street can know how it is that you can send some of those tweets you want me to discuss. And the drill is simpler than a horny Christian couple trying to have sex. And it's like pretty much just one line. So you can kind of just sing it along with me and it goes like this. You see that tweet? You like that tweet? You want us to discuss that tweet? You send that tweet. You send that tweet to the DMs of at D, which happens to be my personal Twitter handle. And I will take it from there and handle it accordingly. If it's on Facebook, if it's on IG, it's one of those screenshots, one of those screen grabs that just so happened to have come from Twitter, but it landed on one of those apps, then you can send it to at Breaktime on Westside on Facebook or on IG in the DMs there, and I will handle them accordingly. 
Now, unfortunately, since this happens to be the final episode of this season of Tweet Street, if you have sent or if you are sending any tweets after the time of this episode airing out, then there's a pretty good chance that I may not really handle them. If I do end up handling them, then I'll probably end up pushing them till next season of Tweet Street. So unfortunately, because of the break, I kind of have to take a break from that. So I just hope you bear with me and, you know, next season you can be sending me those tweets and I can handle them. And for the most part, if the tweet does relate to something that isn't necessarily date or time sensitive, then I can always address it. So keep those tweets coming, but well, just try and make sure it's the timeless shit. But anyways, we should move it on. But before I do get into the tweets, I do want us to discuss Asha for a little bit. Now, Asha has supposedly been called out because apparently he didn't pay strippers uh, because he apparently was splashing around fake money at the strip club where he was at in Vegas. And the whole story around it was apparently, according to the people that were reporting this, was dishing out fake quote-unquote Asha bucks which had his face on the notes which were $100, $20 and I think a $1 bill as well and people came out to flame him online for it but luckily DJ Academics and TMZ came out to sort of defend him and actually they brought out this whole thing as a bit of a fake story because there was actually more to the story and according to TMZ Asha did actually go to the club and Asha actually did spend money and he did actually tip the strippers quite well. Went, got bottle service, got the strippers working and shit. You know, made sure that they did their shit. Like, he did the whole thing. And he was also tipping the people around there very generously. Because seems like the guy had arrived Vegas and, you know, he wanted to announce that, you know, I'm coming through and I'm going to be around for a little bit. And while he does that, why not create a good name with some of the people that are around there that he might be visiting? So, like, the strippers in the strip clubs. And... Even supposedly the people that worked in that strip club actually admitted that this guy threw real cash there. They actually blew real thousands and it's not like he was Kidogo thousands, it was a lot of them. So it does actually kind of negate the whole point. And to explain the whole Asha box situation there, apparently sources close to Asha were saying that somebody in his crew, not him, left some stray Asha dollars behind on the stage as a bit of a gag, both to be jokey, but also to promote his new Vegas residency. And just like that, it has become very clear that this guy just had some shit thrown at him for no reason at all. Because people were so ready to clown on this guy. Memes have been coming out on this guy. People have been making jokes. People have been talking shit. But this guy actually spent real money. And it does kind of lend to the problem with reporting something in a very half-baked manner. Because the shorty that came out to blow this whole thing up was complaining about how Asha wasn't doing such a nice thing. He needs to be called out, blah, blah, blah. And the truth of the matter is Asha didn't do nothing. Like, fine, yes, he might have given a fat chick herpes, but he didn't do nothing this time. Like, he's completely innocent. So he didn't deserve a single bit of the hate that he's been receiving online. So this is a simple case of misconstrued facts and, you know, half-baked information, which we should probably strive to kind of work on. And I have to admit, much as I brought this whole thing because it sounded interesting, I wanted to use it to highlight the issue of using half-baked information because I also kind of committed that same mistake with the last episode of Battle of the Sexes. 
episode 72 if you're looking for it and it was when i was talking about the five engagement rings i didn't have the full information that this woman was actually supposed to choose one out of the five and the guy didn't know the actual size and didn't know how to size shit so he went and he got all five and she managed to choose one now that is a mistake that i made and i take full accountability for it i will try to be a little bit more thorough with my research and how it is that i get a lot of these stories but i figured i should just let that through and out of the way and sort of just clarify that because somebody pointed it out for me before i move on to the tweets so that said and done we should move on to the tweets but before we do that though I know you're dying to continue the podcast you're currently listening to, but we have to interrupt your scheduled programming to bring you Sound Nation. Delve into music ranging from hip-hop to rumba, rock to bongo, and much, much more. We shall review new albums as well as fresh singles whilst paying homage to the sounds of the past. Find our episodes on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any other podcast streaming platforms. All right. So on to the first tweet. There's a financial talk over here. The guy is saying that you have to start saving for marriage seven years before the wedding. Seven years before, do you even have a girlfriend? Struggling for money has been so normalized in this country, it's sickening. Okay, I don't really know much about, you know, the struggling for money being normalized in the country. But what I can say is... This is probably some of the dumbest shit I have ever heard in the name of financial advice. Like, on the real though. Like, I listen to financial advice here and there. I probably don't take in as much as some people would think I should. But this has got to be some of the stupidest financial advice I've ever heard. Because you think about it, it's not really saving for the marriage much as it is saving for the wedding. Because the marriage is a contractual agreement. You can't exactly save up for an agreement. Maybe say a mortgage for the house once you guys go there and that makes sense. But you know, you could just call that a mortgage and you can get a mortgage with or without being married. You could talk about, you know, say a trust fund for the kids, you know, an educational fund that will ensure that your kids go through school all the way till university and beyond. And, you know, that could make sense. But what is actually being said is that I have to save up seven years in advance just so that i can blow all of that money on one day and actually it's not even just one day it's roughly about eight hours actually six to eight hours just pleasing a bunch of people i don't know like forgive me for saying this but nigga what like i can get that you know people like to look at the best things taking a lot of preparation and shit but kind of look at it like this People will go and like work out for like a straight year and do shooting for an entire year so that a movie of two hours can come out and I can get the appeal in that and you know at least as a payoff for all of that. But you're telling me to save up for an expensive liability that might not even help me per se? I don't know. Like I don't think I'm someone who's very qualified to talk about finance but I think that that's bullshit because think about it like this you're gonna spend a fuck ton of money on that day like weddings are single-handedly one of the biggest flexes in terms of spending that most individuals can talk about blowing through cash in a single day just think about that for a second now you think about the people that you're blowing the money on 
most of these people will probably end up being distant relatives your parents friends you know relatives you've probably never met before or you've met them once in like 10 years or the last time you saw them was when you were a baby like these are people that the most that you can ever really do is hello talk like the one two minute thing of hi how are you i'm good how are you doing what are you doing right now is it nice are you happy shit like that very very basic shit now you are going to entertain them with food you're going to entertain them with drink and you're gonna do all of that just for one day and some twat expects you to save for that shit seven years in advance like i get that saving is great financial advice to give just about anyone but when you think about it it's not really that good of a thing to really think about to the point that you have to save for it like it's just one day and i personally don't think that it's going to be worth all of that if you are going to blow all of your cash that you've saved for seven years on it so for that reason i totally agree with the person that put this tweet out in that we do not agree with such bullshit and also to just kind of put the nail in the coffin for this one it has been found out statistically that the more money you spend on weddings the higher the chances of the two of you separating or ending up in divorce so just think about that for a second before you start planning an exorbitant budget for your wedding anyways let's move it on so on to the next tweet now this tweet was a reply to the original tweet which had said every man has fumbled at least one good woman in their life and this guy replied every girl thinks they a good woman that got fumbled now you kind of think about this it is very true it is actually quite true every woman usually thinks that there was a good person that got fumbled there's usually like an 0.0001 percent that will probably say okay i was toxic i was shit but most people like to think that they were the good one because i think in a sense i think most people sort of kind of have this feeling that in their story they have to be the hero and yet the truth of the matter is sometimes you're the villain sometimes you're the problem and the issue with that is it kind of prevents a lot of people from healing and accepting that they were the problem and actually changing and becoming better people because take for example uh you were the woman that used to abuse your boyfriend used to hit him and you would call that you guys having a fight but still making up yet truth of the matter is this guy was taking your shit you guys were in a toxic relationship you used to fuck up quite a bit and the minute this guy got the strength and energy and the ability to leave he did and you were the one that was left there busy shouting you'll never find a bitch that's as good as me you'll never find another woman that treats you as well as i do and truth of the matter is they probably might and they could actually end up with someone who is not only just better but a lot better for them than you are and truth of the matter is it kind of also does apply to guys there's a lot of guys that mistreat their women and claim that because they do one two three good things for them there's no other guy that will treat this woman as well as this guy did like there is no one who will ever give her the kind of special treatment that this guy used to give her and truth of the matter is there could be a ton of guys that will give her better or worst case scenario it could just be one and the reason why i'm saying worst case scenario it could just be one is that that one person 
will be so nice to her will treat her so well that she even wonders why the hell she dated you for such a long time like this person will make her not even want to go ahead and start looking for other people because you're clearly just that good and in a sense it's not that it's something that can happen to a select few of us it's something that can happen to just about all of us because there's always going to be better so whether you want to start thinking of yourself as the best or the worst there's always going to be better that's why kim k isn't the most beautiful woman on planet earth till today she might have been considered that maybe back in 2012 maybe that was in back in 07 maybe that was while her sex tape was out but it's not like people are saying the same exact thing right now because that is always going to be better so ideally what you can focus on as an individual isn't necessarily being the best person but just hoping that you did the best that you could and that was good enough as in you treated him or her well you were as good of a partner as you could be and whatever it is that happened you had some fault in it so you should kind of just accept that it's happened and try and hope that you will be a lot better moving on forward because whether we like it or we don't whether you are the victim whether you are the perpetrator depending on whichever story comes out that ended your relationship you have to learn to admit that you are a part of the problem you have to take responsibility for the problem that was the relationship ending like you might have been a victim but you are also responsible because that relationship did not have you as just a passenger that was being carried along but you were an active participant so that being said on to our final tweet you truly don't know a person until they don't get what they want very interesting statement that's been put out here and i honestly feel like i should agree and you know just kind of end the podcast here but guess what this is sir denver b and this is break time on west side so you know very well that i'm not just going to agree with it wholeheartedly because while this statement might seem quite true on text and at least on paper in reality i'd argue that the opposite of it is actually what's the most truthful and that's why i'd probably say you truly don't know a person until they do get what they want because think about it like this if a guy is constantly you know hitting you up he's shooting his shot he's going above and beyond he's getting you flowers he's telling you how he wants to be with you for the rest of his life and he would love to marry you and he just wants to start by dating you and you know taking you know the next steps forward if you don't give him what he wants and he switches up and he goes for another babe then you could question oh you know he switches up very quickly oh he wasn't genuine but you wouldn't entirely know because this guy didn't necessarily demonstrate the kind of person that he is entirely it just showed that you know he can get back up and he can move on very quickly but if you let him actually get what it is that he wanted you decide to date him you decide to sleep with the guy then the guy ups and leaves all of a sudden or you know besides ghosting you he moves on to another babe and he starts lying to them then you'll know very well that this person isn't necessarily just someone who is lying to people and is manipulative but he's also a philanderer this is somebody that is promiscuous and will cheat around he's a fuck boy he is what we black men are not cheaters 
so in a sense you could state that if this person has everything then it's a lot easier to figure that out because even when you look at it from the relationship side of view there's this whole thing that people like to say oh you know the true colors of a woman when she's with a man and he has nothing and you'll know the true colors of the man when he has everything and you can kind of listen to people discussing it and it sounds like it's true but it's actually not the true side of it is you will know how a woman is when her man has nothing and she has either something more or everything that is when you will know the true value of the woman because she is at a position of advantage if she is the supportive type if she is a type to be humble and you know caring and supportive and will constantly push this guy to you know work hard and kind of come up and grow in this world and shit then you can clearly see the kind of woman that she is but if she's the type to mistreat this guy and you know kind of chase him away or even drop him and go for somebody else then you'll clearly see that too but if she has nothing and he has nothing then she'll probably just stick to the guy because the guy will definitely have to do something and he probably can and will and well she'll just stick to him and you know you won't really get to know the kind of person she is same thing applies for the guy the guy gets the money if he starts philandering around if the guy becomes more charitable if the guy gets side hose if the guy decides to you know build a community project that helps people you'll get to find all of that out when he has the money because it will show you whether he's selfish whether he's careless whether he was in the marriage just for the benefits of it whether he actually cares about his woman you'll find all of that out when he actually has the money so in a sense it's about when you have it all because there's that freedom that you get where you feel like you don't really owe anyone anything which will kind of allow you to be your full expressive self so that being said i want to know your thoughts on this do you think that people are much more real when they have nothing or when they have everything the dms are open on twitter it is at bagaka the d the b and the dr capital you can slide into the dms there on instagram it is at break time on west side and on facebook it is also at break time on west side thank you so much for listening all the way till the end of this episode and this season and if you are listening on Castbox, feel free to drop your thoughts and comments below and I will attend to them accordingly. Fan of a fan resumes next week, so make sure you stay tuned for that. And I will catch you guys on the next break. Take care.